Today's podcast, we're talking about Scream Queens versus Final Girls. What's the name of the podcast, says Doza. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hi everybody and welcome to the Hauntsville Cryptcast, where your crypt crew, I'm Anthony. I'm Anna. And I'm the disembodied head of Matt Mendoza. <laughs> That's when our theme song comes in, right? Think it happened on Halloween. Your sister can turn into a bat. And this is Tim Curry's worst performance. I loved it. You loved it? It was yeah. so Bowie-esque. I loved it. Bowie-esque? Yes. <laughs> Come on. Good? <laughs> no. Hey, everything about David Bowie and Tim Curry is good. I guess that's true. Yeah. Speaking as a group of people who also love practical effects, the scene where Tim Curry in Worst Witch <laughs> is singing Anything Can Happen on Halloween is some of the worst. I, not even CGI. What is that? It's green screen effects? It's just generic 80s default background for music video. It's like a music visualizer. Like they would project on the ceiling. Yeah. It looks like somebody made it in like a bat mitzvah photo booth. Well, that's what makes it nostalgic. That's. <laughs> I think that, that it's Tim I'm sorry. What's your experience of bat mitzvah photo booths? Okay, maybe not. Throwback. I've never been to a bat mitzvah in my life. Neither have I. I've never no. been in a photo booth. We might be spot on. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I imagine it now, though. So my expectations are really high. So we'll we'll find a, a young Jewish girl on the cusp of maturity. And we'll crash her bat mitzvah. Okay. And get into that photo booth. And recreate. Anything can happen This on is exactly what we're talking about on today's podcast. Is bat mitzvahs. <laughs> well, actually, since the bat mitzvah is the time when a young Jewish girl becomes uh, a woman. Here we go. And we're talking about the scream queens and final girls of horror. I think that's a wonderful segue. Yay. Stuck the landing. Boom. <laughs> I think it's important that we establish what exactly these two terms that we're going to be discussing mean. Because I'm sure people have heard them thrown around when watching a horror film or reading up on anything that loosely even refers to a female character in a horror film as a scream queen or final girl. But there isn't really a lot that goes into detail about what it means and what the qualifications are to be considered a scream queen or a final girl. I think... Scream Queen is just used for anyone who has been in a horror movie more than once, and it applies to the actor rather than the character. Whereas Final Girl is a character, if that makes sense. Because you can't say yeah. that like Jamie Lee Curtis is a Final Girl as an actress, mm -hmm. but as Laurie, she's a Final Girl. Whereas you can say someone like... Give me an actress who's been in a bunch of horror films. Oh, I have examples. I Linnea Quigley. I'm going to go with Linnea Quigley. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> that's the first person who sprung to mind. Because my mind is full of B-movies. Linnea Quigley. Yeah. She was in uh, Return of the Living Dead. Oh. Um, and she had a really cool workout video, which is like her and like zombies and her wearing like nothing. It was great. 
I just saw the workout video for the first <laughs> time this fantastic, year. It's fantastic, right? It's it's entertaining to say the least. <laughs> I'm anyway. in on this now. Uh, yeah, so like someone like Linnea Quigley could be considered a scream queen because she's in a bunch of B movies, but none of her characters singularly in any of those films would be considered scream queens. Oh, yeah. For me, I think the difference between scream queen and final girl is a matter of how they adapt and survive. So for me, a final girl is obviously the last woman standing at the end of a horror film. Mm -hmm. Um, But the final girl has to be somebody who's adapted and overcome, and essentially the hunted becomes the hunter. Laurie in Halloween being a perfect example of that. It starts off with her being hunted down by Michael Myers, and by the end of it, she's just kicking his ass. Yeah. So, Laura is a prime example of a final girl, but for a scream queen, I think of somebody like Sally from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Yes, she survived until the end, but she did nothing to adapt and overcome. She ran, she screamed, and she made it out. To me, that's the difference between a scream queen and a final girl. I agree with Anna. Over the last two days, I read two books and like a million articles on this. And from my research, the term Scream Queen usually used to describe an attractive young damsel in distress character whose purpose in the movie was to just, we're going to cast you and you just, you go up there and your motivation for this scene is you're scared. Scream. The whole point in them being in this movie is to be saved by somebody else and the, the male character, the male hero of the movie and it's like it's since evolved since then. Like think, Faye Ray. She was the the female lead in King Kong, mm-hmm. and she was also in a movie called Doctor X, which is referenced in Rocky Horror in the theme song. Her whole premise to her character was like, go, and somebody will come and save you. You stand up there and you scream, and that's your whole thing. Now it's grown to describe, like you said, think like Jamie Lee Curtis in the Halloween franchise, or even Linda Blair for her work in The Exorcist as uh, female actors associated with the horror genre as a whole through appearances in notable films like the Halloween franchise or The Exorcist specifically, or to be repeatedly cast in horror movies because you're doing a good job. Like think more recently, Chloe Grace Moretz, she has been in a horror film pretty much every year of her career since she started. Her first film credit was the original Amityville horror. Yeah remake in 2005 with the original remake <laughs> the, like the first like what's the like the first reboot of the franchise yeah the one with uh with ryan reynolds in mm-hmm. it so weird and very very not good film no and i believe that's still the only film that i feel needs remaking still yeah they nobody's gotten it right no and because uh, everyone ignores facts and that's a theme for another podcast yeah we'll, yeah, talk, about sorry, we'll talk about that like the guy that the the real life person that ryan reynolds was portraying was trying to sue the producers of the movie because he was describing it as, like, absolute drivel. He was like, this is ridiculous. It's nothing like what we experienced. Up until his death, he was, like, in this legal battle. And that was the last thing he ever did. Was he ever actually interviewed for what, like, his side of what happened and stuff, though? Oh, yeah, of course. So how come they didn't get it right? It's weird. Everybody wants to focus on the fantastical elements of it. And yeah. they lean too hard into certain aspects where they're not paying enough attention to other things. And that's where, like, they're they're missing like, the real meat of the story, mm. I guess, so to speak. And they're too focused on, like, we're going to make a horror movie about a haunted house. Growing up one town over from the Amityville Horror House, 
I have a lot to say about this. Everybody around here knows somebody that's like, yeah. oh yeah, we used to hang out over there. And I'm like, sure. I digress. So, uh, Scream Queens refers to the, the actors themselves, whereas Final Girls is a, a, a movie trope used to describe, most often in slasher movies, the sole female survivor left to face the threat alone, which is her final girl status is often attributed to her moral superiority and like the sort of straight edge mentality. Like she doesn't drink, do drugs or smoke or have sex like all her other friends do. Fall into any other trope category. It's exactly. Born to be the final girl. The, the moral superiority thing like, I always had like a, a problem with because it doesn't always need to be like the innocent virgin girl that needs to make it to the end. No, um, and obviously that's evolved over time as well. From the 50s to the 80s, that was for the most part the case. But more recently in films like It Follows and You're Next, that is a non-existent prerequisite for the final girl. Yeah, exactly. Even even Sidney Prescott uh, from, from Scream, like her... Her character uh, has has a sex scene, and she has sex and is still the final girl. I don't know if that was the intent, but my personal opinion was that it's a direct counter to, like, you don't have to be, quote-unquote, pure to be the final girl in this movie. Because she is my favorite final girl, Sydney Prescott and Nev, uh, Nev Campbell. I, I think that was a, a really important shift in, in the dynamic. And it, like you said in, um, in Your Next, that kind of helped pave the way for other actors to get into these roles and not be pigeonholed to like okay you're the sweet innocent girl and you have to run and then at the very end you have your big triumphant moment it's 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 more than that yeah yeah i mean and, if we're counting like alien in terms of horror i would like to well yeah yeah because you know it's technically sci-fi horror, sci-fi is horror. yeah of course it is um then ripley's the same sort of thing though because i mean she was never really like painted out to be this like pure innocent girl sort of thing no, like she was, she was rough around the she edges was just, badass through yeah she was just awesome from the start i think they've kind of mixed up the whole pure virginal type starter of being a final girl do you think that has to do with the the dip in popularity of like the slasher genre and like move towards sci-fi horror and then eventually to like uh, supernatural horror that we have like today yeah, possibly. I think that has to do more with what scares people as a whole from time to time. Like, when you think about it, 50s horror movies, which is, like, for me, where everything really starts, where we start getting into the things that we have today. But 50s horror movies were so, like, monster-centric. And when you think about it as time goes on, those monsters don't scare people anymore. So we adapted to slashers. People are scary. People are scary. And then when the slasher genre didn't really carry over and we started getting really hokey into the 80s movies, it had to become something else. So we moved into supernatural horror, which is what's kind of the big thing now. But it looks like we're making a nice return back to that with stronger female leads because of how far this has progressed from when I'm sticking with my timeline of the 50s to the 80s. So who would you say your favorite final girl is then? Okay, see, here's where I'm torn, because obviously you guys know Texas Chainsaw Massacre is my be-all, end-all favorite slasher Mm -hmm. flick, but like I just said, I don't consider Sally a final girl. I don't think she's got what it takes. Okay, you don't fall into my categorization? See, so you guys have won me over. I do stick with your definition of 
Final Girl versus Scream Queen, where Scream Queen is more the actor and Final Girl is more the character. But I still won't give it to Sally because I think when it comes down to it, I mean, we've got the big three that are kind of irrefutable. You have Laurie, Nancy, and Sydney from Scream, Halloween, and Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm gonna have to go with Nancy, though. While I recognize how strong Laurie is, especially given her evolution in the newest film, and how smart Sydney is, especially given her evolution up into uh, Scream 4... I want to unpack those one day. Yeah. I love those movies. They're bad, but whatever. Nancy comes at it with, I don't want to say naive, but she's the most inventive of the three of them. I mean, when you consider Dream Warriors, which is the best Nightmare on Elm Street film, how she tackles starting her gang of Dream Warriors, basically, and like all the traps and things that set up, it just leads to such an inventive way of becoming a final girl. She has every right to survive because she's created new ways to survive. Apart from the fact she dies in the third one, but she does come back in New Nightmare. Yeah. So... I think a lot of that is like the the nature of a final girl. Sometimes their intent is to, you're the last one, you tell the story, and maybe from a production standpoint, this will bridge the gap into a sequel if the the demand is there. And it makes that death in a future sequel that much more impactful. Oh, you made it already, and there you go. Shit. I mean... But I mean, even from the first film, Nancy's like setting up booby traps. Exactly. And like, you know... I mean, she comes up on her own with, like, this is how to beat the monster. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. Not like, you know, like, Freddy Krueger is arguably the more supernatural of the three villains in these three franchises. And so you have to come up with new and inventive ways to beat something like that. Yeah. So from one onward, she's setting the score for just growing and growing into just such a badass. And she doesn't really start off that week i mean she starts off as the innocent pure etc but quickly grows into like hey i'm a survivor and like you said in three you know she doesn't make it out but it sets the score for the next two films at least yeah and i mean really the next two films shouldn't have they weren't needed no but it's a nice way to carry on and a nice way to honor like nancy's contribution to how to defeat this monster that clearly will never die. Yeah, definitely. I think Nancy definitely needs to... Even though she, technically she dies in the end, then she definitely deserves to still be considered one of the top final girls. I can't think of anybody more deserving than the three that we just mentioned. Oh, totally. I mean, just to like springboard off of like that idea like of somebody that is uh, a growth in, in character, something that I've noticed is that... like. The, the final girl is usually the first character to, to notice that something is wrong in this sort of situation and is the only one to deduce that, like, a pattern is being formed and, like, the full extent of the threat. Maybe to create a parallel between that character and the viewer to take our place where it's just, like, we know everything that's going on. We're the privileged audience that's, like, okay, we understand what's happening and then they kind of convey what our knowledge is to the rest of the cast. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. They're the one to piece everything together. Exactly. In in horror, the, the final girl is, I think, an important concept. and The most important. Yeah. <laughs> There's no argument there. 
the the introduction i think of a final girl kind of like flipped the script a little bit in the the gender roles in film because I, I talked about it in the last one like i love i love strong well-written female characters and like i i don't need to see people that have to be saved i like watching them step up and and do it and be those badasses that they they can and eventually do become i love that shit do you guys want my fun fact about Nightmare on Elm Street? Yes. Okay. So at the end of filming for Dream Warriors, the glove, well, one of the gloves that was on set went missing. And it later appeared in a film that was also made that year. Do you know which film it was? Based on context clues? I think I do. Go ahead and tell everybody. It's Evil Dead 2. Where? So, in the cabin, in the background, it's actually on the wall. And that's because Sam Raimi and uh, Wes Craven were having, like, kind of a dick measuring competition. And, uh... <laughs> Who won, in your opinion? Who's got the bigger dick? Ah, uh, um... Oh, I can't choose between them. I love them both so dearly. I know, it's so hard. Plus, I got a hug off Sam Raimi, and that made my life. Film-wise, who has wronged Sorry. you more? Um, <laughs> who has wronged me more? Because oh, we just Wes. watched a pretty bad oh, Wes honey. Craven production recently. Yeah, we did. And, we uh, got really upset by that. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man is arguable at best. Oh, yeah, that is... Yeah, all right. <laughs> the definitive um, Spider-Mens. Well, then, they've both, they've both failed. You know, <laughs> everyone has a slip-up. Apart from John Carpenter, but, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it appeared that also... It made another appearance back in Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 2 when they go back to the cabin. It's actually in the uh, cellar. I, I watched this with you. How do you not point these things out to me? <laughs> I haven't even gotten that I, far yet. I'm so excited now. I completely now. forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my fun fact. Sam Raimi stole the glove <laughs> off set of Dream Warriors and used it in Evil Dead 2 in the same year. That rules. He's always <laughs> going to be my number one guy. Yeah, that's why I said it was related to the t-shirt I'm wearing today. Which is? Which is my Evil Dead t-shirt. Great. Which is from Evil Eye Art Limited, which is in England, and I love them very dearly. And I think I go on about them on my Instagram a little bit too much, but still. <laughs> they do make some sick t-shirts. Yeah, they do. Sponsor us. Just yeah, kidding. I was just <laughs> yeah, please. Say we're open to sponsors. You're based in England. I don't have that much <laughs> horror merchandise there. Yeah, that that always, like, that amazed me when you when you mentioned that. Yeah. I pay a lot for my, my merchandise there. That's commitment. Yeah. And, like, all of the conventions are up north. So... Please bring them to London, because I'm sure there's so many important horror people from the UK listening to this. <laughs> if there is, please sponsor me. Oh, there will be. <laughs> Trust me. So uh, I read a book uh, by Carol J. Clover, and the book is called Men, Women, and Chainsaws, Love Gender it. in the Modern Horror Film. And I agree with a lot of what she was saying. Like She was actually the, the woman who coined the term Final Girl in this book in 1992. And she has a lot of like really cool, important things to say. But then she kind of goes off a little bit. And I certainly see where she's coming from, but I don't agree with all of it. That um, the horror industry historically has been male-oriented, male-dominated forever. And female representation hasn't been the best. But like as we were talking about the strong female characters of, of recent, that's they're important and they're great. I think we get better female protagonists from horror than any other genre. That's oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. 
it's the best opportunity for them to to step up to face like a, a literal challenge. I think romance films screw up female roles growing up than more than horror does. I can certainly see that. This is just it, me in yeah. contrast to most of my female friends who don't <laughs> like horror and like are obsessed with romance films and they're just constantly upset that life isn't like that and I'm like I'm happy because my life isn't a horror film. It could be a lot worse. <laughs> see, I'm happy. Goes to show. We're doing something right here. Yeah. <laughs> And next, our romance podcast. <laughs> Where Anthony takes lead. I'm so good at chick flicks. <laughs> I, I really am, though. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so, uh, Carol J. Clover, in her book, she describes the, the final girl as, quote, the embodiment of what a woman should be. And I don't think anybody should ever really say should in that sort of context. The Final Girl, back when this was written in 1992, it was, it was a very specific sort of trope, and now it's broadened. Mm. But she went on to say that like men enjoy watching horror films and take the perspective of the killer in the slasher movies, and they're they're rooting for them. Which, like, don't get me wrong, I love a good kill in a movie, but I'm never on the villain's side. I'm always on the hero of this kind of thing. And then the way that The Final Girl reaches her confrontation... At the end, she's saying in this book, is that they take on male characteristics and they uh, become more resourceful and brave. I was like, girl, like, <laughs> women can be crafty and intelligent and capable. We're definitely usually more organized. Oh, absolutely. I don't know shit. Like, I mean, I wrote a, an outline for this one today, mm. but... I don't think I know a single woman that I'm smarter than. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I can't think of... <laughs> yeah. Right? So, I don't know about that whole male characteristics thing. And I know you're going to hate this, but bitches get shit done. I think Tina Fey said that. Why would I hate this? Oh, because Tina Fey said it. That might be the only reason <laughs> I hate it. I guess I'll agree with Tina Fey for once. And so, she goes on to talks about this for, I think, uh, like way, way too long. And I was like, okay, like I get that you know female representation in horror movies can be a feminist issue. But I think she was pointing the blame in like a weird direction. And she went on to say that, like, oh, some of the ways that the women defend themselves are, are phallic in nature, and that, again, I also get that, but, like... I hate that just argument Just thinking of, so like, the, much, the sewing needle. Yeah. yeah. Sewing yeah, needles so and phallic. knives. Anytime a gun is on screen, it's phallic. Wait, what? Gun, guns are phallic symbols. Really? Anything that is, like, elongated and solid is considered a phallic oh, symbol. Come on, Especially, so, like, yeah. it's so easy to loosely <laughs> say that, like, oh, they defeated the killer with a phallic symbol. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's a plastic object. More women need to defeat horror villains with bear traps. That's (laughs) that's the moral of the story. If you want to avoid phallic symbols, it it just clicked. I got yeah, well well done. (laughs) So, just shout out to Carol. Like, thank you for for the term "final girls." You, You hit the mark in a few places. This book like fried my brain. I read it real quick, like in the middle of a rehearsal last night. And uh, the final girls in their in their final confrontation with the killer in slasher specifically, they have very uh, most often a brutality to their kills, and she's saying that that is to be representative of a mirror to the male brutality 
of the killer, but I it's definitely I think it's just because they're really pissed at that point. Yeah, like you're you're at the end of this movie. They <laughs> yeah. your friends and family have been systematically picked off one by one, and you're the last one, and you're in high school. Yeah, you're gonna be yeah. really annoyed. <laughs> Usually. Yeah, I think um, where I would step away from Carol's Carol. teachings is she seems to be pegging it to a very societal standpoint of the gender roles of men and women. When really, when you get down to it, horror is brutal, visceral, and primal. It's all about survival. It doesn't have anything to do with specific gender roles, really. No, because they're kind of equal in most things. You get villains who are women, you get villains who are male, you That's get... something I've noticed, though. In American-made horror movies, villains are almost universally male, but... In European horror films, Italian horror films specifically, female villains, female murderers, female monsters, it's so... Especially like Supernatural. Yes. It's almost always a woman. But even like in like 30s and 40s films, like White Zombie, things like that, like females are meant to be kind of scary. I think horror is very gender equal, to be honest. I would have to agree male victims you get female victims it's just people notice the female victims more because they're looking for something like that i read somewhere that there's like statistically and i'm using air quotes here (laughs) um a higher body count of females in horror films than there is the body count of men in horror films i don't think that's true no i can't think of a single film where there's more dead female characters than there are ma- male characters. No, because there's usually only like two female characters and then all the rest are male. It's usually and they a all two die to three first, ratio. And then, yeah. It's also like they give guys shitty tropes and you, that you want to see them die. Yeah. Like we were just watching before. Like I love watching like the shitty douchey jock guy get got. Yeah. Because <laughs> Chad has it coming. Always. You guys want to talk about Scream Queens? Because we've already brought up Sydney. But the antagonist in Scream 4... Billy's mom. Oh, Scream 4. Scream 4. <laughs> the good one. Is Emma Roberts' character. <gasps> so that's a nice parallel between the Scream Queen, Final Girl, and Femme Fatale. That's true. I what, examples. what category does Pamela Voorhees come under? Because technically she's... Obviously, the killer in the first Friday the 13th. Jason doesn't really have anything to do with it until, like, the tiniest second at the end. Femme fatale, because she's misleadingly just weird up until the end. That's true. She, like, but then how are we defining femme fatale here? Just deadly women, right? Well, yeah. You have that elusive allure of, like, mystery that perfectly camouflages, here's my dark intent. My mind went straight to Serial Mom. What's wrong with me? Is that the one that we watched? Yeah. That's a great film and a great tie-in. Yeah. Femme Fatale. That's the only time that I was really rooting for the killer. Because she was awesome. Oh, and everyone else is awful in that movie. Yeah. It's like, yeah, she was kind of mean and insane, but also everyone else was really annoying. And you were like, and I'm alright with them dying. She's like a final girl gone wrong. Like, she stacks up on all this knowledge and could be the ultimate final girl, but the only thing that she's fighting against is these, like, cringy societal tropes, and so she just murders everyone. Yeah. 
So I don't think that Pamela Voorhees is a femme fatale, because it's more of like a, a seductive thing. Oh, a femme fatale. I was going to say, like, Pamela Voorhees doesn't seem very seductive, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess sort of like a siren-y type character. Exactly. Right. Here's a thought. Carrie, protagonist or antagonist? Scream Queen, Ooh. Femme Fatale, or Final Girl? If we're going Scream Queen, she was played by Chloe. Uh, if we're going Final are we Girl. counting the remake? I would, on the grounds that it follows the book more than the original does. Yeah, but Carrie didn't need remaking. I agree, but that didn't stop me from enjoying it. Okay. Carrie's really difficult to define, though, because... Carrie's the hero of Carrie, right? Yeah, but she's also the, the victim villain. and the villain. She's not the villain. Her mom is the villain. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, at the end, she... Murders mur- everyone. Yeah, I mean, they in totally deserved... Yeah, they totally <laughs> deserved it. But Carrie's, like, goes through phases of being each stereotypical character a female could play. So she's the picture she's of growth really and evolution. Cool. Yeah. yeah. She's an anti-hero. Oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you just like blowing my mind now. I'm like, I mean, uh. well, those things that like we wouldn't really consider otherwise. Like, where does Carrie fall? It's a horror film. We know that we're rooting for Carrie the whole time. But also, but when not... you think about it, she's not really the good guy either. No, and she's not like, I suppose it's kind of badass at the end, but not oh. really. She's still like just freaking out. As she's killing people. I don't know. I mean, the, the ending of Carrie's made me sad, because she kills even the people that were nice to her. Uh, well, uh, <clears throat> nice in air quotes. Uh, I was also in Carrie the Musical. and Which is bad. No, it's very good. The, <laughs> the music is gorgeous. It's not. It is. I hate it. Why do you hate it? It's bad. That. We have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I love Carrie the Musical, and the... The ending scene where she kills everybody in the gym is is very, very touching. Different in the film, obviously. (laughs) And the um, book, then. Yeah. (laughs) How do they make it touching? Because it's musical? (laughs) 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 Do they just, like, slow the music down and she's just, like, slow motion killing everyone really beautifully, or...? It's a it's a very big orchestral moment when she starts killing everybody and when she's locking the doors and closing the windows they're they're all set to different beats and it's very cool and then she stops uh, she like has been killing everybody for a couple minutes now uh, and she's controlling them and there's like a little choreographed dance to it it's it's kind of cool I, I don't know I like it <laughs> but after she had been killing everybody she stops for a moment and she turns and there is Tommy, the guy that brought her to the prom, the guy that she has a crush on. Mm-hmm. Like They did have a good time at prom and he was actually treating her like a person. And it flicks back to just like very slow, very quiet piano for a moment and she still kills him anyway. And it, I don't know, it gave me chills every night. So what you're saying is the thing that we should do in a Carrie remake is make the score really really good yes that's what <laughs> Carrie is all about the score yeah we the need score is important in any horror film that's true specifically Carrie I think I, I want to go on a whole tangent about scores and films at some point you're just gonna talk about John Carpenter <laughs> John I Carpenter have Mc- other things <laughs> to talk about 
find me someone as well-rounded as him. <laughs> I can't. Exactly. I'm going to talk about him in every episode on this fucking podcast. <laughs> I'm mad that you made me bring up Carrie, because now I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right? It just flips everything on its ass. Which is great. I, I, That's what the genre's uh, all about. Hell, funny. flipping genres on their ass. We had the babysitter recently. That's true. So good. Doesn't really fall into what we're talking about today, but really flipped the genre on its ass. I was so expecting a cut and dry, like, here's your tropes, here's your slasher, and it was so much more. Yeah, it is impressive that anyone's coming out of anything original now. So, I'm happy with that. I was totally going to go on a different tangent about modern horror films. We're going to save that. Yes. Pin in that one. A lot of the tropes in, in modern horror now, it's like, your mom is crazy, your mom is haunted, your mom is a ghost. Yeah. I've, I've seen a lot yeah. of that lately. And I'm fucking tired of it. I'm also the just tired of the everything is in everyone's head. Yeah, it turns out to be them. But in like a psychosis. It's not a twist anymore. No. We, ex- we expect it. It's the first thing I look for. It's like we're watching Haunting of Hill House. Ha- Haunting of Hill House at the moment. And like the whole time I'm just looking for it's probably this. It's probably gonna end up being this. And um well, the most recent episode that we've watched, they've kind of proved one of my points to be true, so it's it's cut. It's dull, guys. It's so dull. <laughs> I just want to get to the end of it now, but I feel like I'm going to waste so many hours getting to the end of it that I'm just wondering if I just watched the last five minutes just so I know what happened. <laughs> it's like a And then I'll go, now. yeah, I, th- I thought that was what was going to happen, and then I'll turn it off and regret spending so many hours of watching watching it. Does have you started Haunting of Hill House at all? I watched the first two episodes. Okay, so it is packed with female characters. Oh, yeah. If we're going to talk about Final Girls and modern horror... We're just losing these quote-unquote strong female characters yeah. right and left. They're all to... so dull. Yeah. And they have no relatable qualities so far at all. It, it just seems to be painting... They don't play victim, they just don't seem like they care. It's just painting them out to be totally reliant on the two male siblings, right? Yeah, who kind Luke of and Steven. I don't know, I'm not rooting for or care much about anyone in that series which is really sad them as kids i think they're adorable yeah and i kind of care ruined but, for the ghosts but it's ruined it by their adult states where i'm just like i don't care that you ended up like that because you're not interesting anymore nobody's stacking up to prove to be a final girl or anything really worth calling a protagonist so far Yeah, nobody's standing yeah. out no they could have totally played that with now if they'd wanted to. There's a lot of shows like that lately where, like, nobody is the main character because everybody's the main character, and you lose. But that takes so much character building to make work, and that's what is lacking in shows like that. They're not building up a character base that you can either relate to or have feelings for, because hating a character is so much better than disliking, like, not caring about a character. That's where you've really gone wrong with writing. Is exactly. if I don't care about a character, then it's like, well, you've you've messed up. I love a good character you can hate. Like we were talking about the jock or Bella Thorne's character in the Babysitter. Yeah, they're yeah. so hateable, and that's like it's eliciting fun. some sort of emotion exactly. from you. Yeah. Feel yeah. something. Yeah, it's like with wrestlers. You have your heels and you have your faces. Sorry, I'm going on to wrestling now, but. <laughs> You that's know, our it, other podcast. Yeah, that's the a whole one different one. I'm such a face in. guy. I can't do heels. I'm like, no, no he's bad everyone now. is better as a heel. 
but it's because you you get more character out of them. Yeah, I guess. But that's the same way it works in horror films. Is <laughs> you, you need to care about at least one of the characters. It all comes from that growth and development. Like, the status of Final Girl has to be earned. Just like becoming a Scream Queen, which, by your guys' definition, is appearing in multiple horror films with this role of being a horror heroine, then that's got to be earned. Like, you obviously have to do something worthwhile on the screen for people to want you back. Yeah, that's true. Now, here's my next point. The three big... Scream Queens slash Final Girls that we just mentioned all have sequels. Does a sequel make a Final Girl? You have extra room to grow. Whereas something like Your Next, standalone film, but we have to deal with the fact that Erin, the Final Girl in that film, has a mysterious backstory we just have to accept. Or Carrie, standalone film, everything is cut and dry right in front of you. We have to accept Carrie as she is, whereas we have to take three films to get to know whether or not Nancy's truly worthwhile. Well, no, because Nancy proves herself worthwhile by confronting Freddy and setting up the booby traps and, like, luring him into the real world in the first Nightmare on Elm Street. End of Nightmare on Elm Street, first film. You content with that? You content with Nancy? Or do you need more? The thing is, you could say that about all three of them. Exactly, because, that's my point. Yeah. Like somebody like Carrie who's a standalone, we have to take her as she is, which yeah. led us to this existential dread of we don't even know if she's good or bad anymore. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Sydney was pretty damn cool even from the first one as well. Shot her boyfriend in the head. Yeah, that was cool. I think no standalone <laughs> scream, we can let Sydney be Yeah, I think as she's earned her growth. That's all we needed was a single film. Yeah, because, I mean, you can argue that at the end of the first Halloween, Laurie does well fighting back, but she wouldn't have actually survived if Loomis hadn't come along. Yeah, she's she gets saved. Yeah. And that's kind of the same for Nancy. She Halloween needed, too. She fucking... She needed the assist through and through. Yeah. Okay, so I think we can agree that Sydney kind of wins that because she's, she's consistently, like awesome and just fighting back she's my favorite bad bitch she is i don't know yeah. i didn't even mind that they got three sequels because they they had fun with the sequels and because they played them out with the movies within the movies mm. well, what are the name of those what the the scream movies in the scream movies about oh, the scream movies i can't movies. remember oh. but yeah the cold openings and all of them i can't remember what they call them of an s as well i think so slash stab Oh, yeah. If it, I think it's I Stab. I think it's Stab, yeah. Because in Scream 4, I think Stab 4 is coming out. And yeah. And they're talking about it. And they quickly recap the other Stab films. Yeah. Yeah. I love shit like that. Like I said, didn't need those sequels, but I'm glad they exist. Because yeah. they're fun. I think we've lucked out, and all three of our protagonists here, we've gotten some good sequels out of. Oh, yeah. Some. If you want to recap our Halloween episode, you'll realize why we say some. I love a horror actress that can, like, I guess anybody in the horror world that receives notoriety for their work in in the horror genre. Because they, like, when Get Out came out in 2017, it won Best Comedy. Which makes me angry. Because there was no horror category, and it it's never been taken as seriously as it, as it can and should be. Mm-hmm. From well... Spike TV used to have the Scream Awards, but which 
Yeah. Yeah, it's not, you know, one of the big... That's one of those where it's like, you get this one. Like, we'll have our award ceremony, and you can have this one over here. Yeah. That's why Del Toro did us good, because he always does. But this time when he won for Shape of Water, then he mentioned John Carpenter, and he mentioned the whole genre of horror, like, deserving more credit. I can't believe that John Carpenter hasn't already crossed over into any of the categories that he should just win an award for just being like amazing incredible because he, he has covered <laughs> every category you can think of really he's done it all yeah i mean he's done action he's done sci-fi he's done horror he's comedy. done comedy sorry i just went to like the fight scene and they live really quickly oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that was like my favorite thing ever. it lasts too long which means it lasts it's exactly hilarious. as long as it's supposed to and then the end of it is like would you just look oh okay <laughs> <laughs> oh All my that. god i'll never just, not yeah i think they were just like hey you're a ruddy piper you need to do a big like dramatic <laughs> wrestling scene that was just exactly the same as him and gold dust's street fight but anyway <laughs> Back on yeah, John, John Carpenter and, and wrestling. Again. I was going to go up on Gold Dust for a second. <laughs> no, <laughs> but yeah, horror is important. That, that, that's the point where we're we wouldn't there. be here, and you wouldn't be listening if horror wasn't important. That's true. For those of you that don't know, Lloyd Kaufman, co-founder of Troma, and he noted, "Thank you." <laughs> that being a screen queen is quote more than just crying and having ketchup thrown on you. You not only have to be attractive, which I disagree with, but it's you lied. also have to have a big brain. <laughs> you have to be frightened, you have to be sad, and you have to be romantic. I love that he put big brain in there. Did he mean boobs? Because that sounds more like something Lloyd would say. That does. I'm, I'm sure he <laughs> did. No, I know that he wants like... both. That's fine. To be fair, I mean, Class of Newcomb High is my favorite trauma film. Same. I mean, even completely toxified. Uh, Every character in that is, (laughs) like, they they break the genre. And that's another thing that Troma's always been good at as well. It takes the genre and it pokes fun at all the things that we poke fun at. But they've got a cast of people that they use consistently. Lloyd has his Scream Queens who have appeared in film after film. And he casts them for exactly those reasons. When you think about the evolution of Class of Newcomb High into the most recent incarnation of Return to Newcomb High. His two female protagonists in Return to Newcomb High take everything that was great about Class Of and take it up another notch. I have a pop quiz. It's probably going to be super easy for y'all. It'll be easy for Anna. So, Jamie Lee Curtis, one of the most notable screen queens, as well as her mother, Janet Lee, who's in 1960s Psycho, mm-hmm. uh, they started in two films together. Do you know which two they were? Nope. Hang on. Both John Carpenter films. The Fog? Yep. And... I literally didn't even realize that it was Janet Lee in The Fog until today. Oh, yeah. Is it The Ward? No. What am I missing? I, I'm not surprised that you didn't get it, because it's in Halloween H20. 20 oh, years later. screw Gross. that. <laughs> but, like, I... I'm, that makes sense. I'm glad that you got The Fog, because I didn't know this at all, and because I, when I was doing all this... Wait a minute. Yes. <laughs> Okay, you said starring in, but isn't Jamie Lee Appearing Curtis just a voice in. on the phone in the fog? No. She's also a computer. <laughs> Stop, that doesn't <laughs> count. <laughs> they were still technically both credited in it. Yeah, both credited, but starring in is a different story. So I appeared in. Okay. <laughs> it's on their fucking whatever. <laughs> Next question. 
Can you guys think of any other instances where, like, uh, Scream Queens performed together? Because I have one that's not even a one. It's a one that's it? not even a one? Yeah, it's... One that's not a horror film. Or is it, it just... This isn't even, like, a pop quiz anymore, like, because... Oh. Um, Neff Campbell in Scream and Courtney Cox, who was with her in all of the Scream movies. Yeah. But nobody ever says, oh, yeah, Courtney Cox from Scream, but... Nev Campbell is oh Nev Campbell you were in Scream you were Sydney Prescott. I suppose that's because Sydney's character is just completely dominating in that film. Again. Like Courtney Cox's character isn't, you know, she's there. <laughs> <laughs> she sure is. Yeah. All right, I'm only going to mention it because someone's going to call us out on it if we don't mention it, and then we completely bypass it because Ryan Murphy's a bad writer. But Scream Queens the TV series. But that's not. Takes the modern Scream Queen like Emma Roberts, puts her with Jamie Lee Curtis. I haven't actually seen Scream Queens, the TV show. So. To be fair, <laughs> I enjoyed its campiness. It's very okay. It's the only time that Ryan Murphy has realized that he doesn't know how to write, so he ran with it and had fun. Whereas, you know, things like American Horror Story exist. American Horror Story sucks. <gasps> Sorry, but it... Oh, wait, I think I have one. Oh, but before you have one, where do you stand on American Horror Story yeah. sucking? I, I enjoyed the first season. I had a lot of fun. I love a haunted house story. I only made it ten episodes in before I had to turn that See, shit I've off. I've watched four seasons of it. Oh, I gave up because after that I, one. I wanted to try and like it, and I just I wasted so I much time, and I hated three it in episodes the end. of every season. It really sucked. Anyway, what were you gonna say? Uh, Vera Farmiga. She's in the the Conjuring series. I hate. Um. And her younger sister, Tysa Farmiga, who was in the first season of American Horror Story and was the star of The Nun. And they were both in The Nun together, unless... The, have you seen The Nun? No. At the, at the very end, there's a scene with Vera Farmiga, and I don't know if it's footage from the first Conjuring film, but they're both in that movie. And they are they also appear in it. They are related, so I don't know if this is like a keep it in the family kind of scream queen kind of thing. But I can't think of any other instances where two scream queens have performed together. Not off the top of my head, I can't. Cool. No. Let's make it happen. We're gonna make a movie starring only scream queens. I oh my paid infinite dollars. <laughs> It'd be uh, like the Expendables. Oh my god! But only good. We're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, with just final girls. You come into my place of business and tell me the Expendables ain't good. <laughs> my problem with the Expendables is I love all the cast, but I just don't like them all together. Oh, Jason Statham. I don't. And oh I no, don't. okay, I don't like all the cast. I hate Jason Statham yep. <laughs> so much. What a guy. For Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis is my man. What was that thing you said about Bruce Willis earlier? <laughs> <laughs> Probably the most sexist thing I'll ever say in my life. <laughs> Well, I said that Die Hard was, like, my favourite Christmas movie. Because it is. Yeah, obviously. And apparently Bruce Willis said that it's not a Christmas movie and it shouldn't be counted as one. So I just said that Bruce Willis is for watching, not for listening to. Which, you know, if if that was a guy saying that about a female actress, they probably would have got in trouble, but everyone just found it funny when I said it. But a man. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Bruce Willis can get bent, whatever. <laughs> Only for that one thing. I'm sure he's a dear man. So I have two up and comers of the Scream Queen category that I think 
we can, I hope, look out to see big things from, one of which is actually my favorite modern final girl, Anya Taylor-Joy from The Witch, Mm -hmm. uh, the ultimate final girl accused of being a witch from the woods, is not a witch from the woods, her whole family dies, becomes a witch in the woods. That's a final girl. I blew me away. I loved The Witch. I thought she was excellent in that movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She was also uh, in Split. I still Um, haven't seen it, and I need to see it before Glass comes out. Split was very good. I don't know if it's it's more thrillery than horror, but again, she did excellent work in that, and if she sticks with this, I would love to see her in in horror for, for years to come. And Millie Shapiro, who was the girl in Hereditary. Oh, yes. She's terrifying. Like when, when she wants to be. Yeah. She's Oh, she's adorable when she wants she's to so, be, too. So cool, yeah, she, that's the thing. She did an excellent job of playing a creepy little girl. She was weird, and I'm going to keep my eye on her because I, I can't wait to see what she does next. Yeah. Hereditary she first film to scare the shit out of me in a long time. terrifying. She was adorable in Game of Thrones. Yeah. So, you know. She was uh, also, she that, played Matilda in Matilda the Musical. Oh, good musical. Know that. <laughs> We're gonna fight. <laughs> this is bad. Upcoming Scream Queens. Obviously, Emma Roberts has made her stake. Chloe Grace Moretz made her stake. Yep. Keeping an eye on Bella Thorne after Babysitter. Yes. Got her start in Amityville also. Sure did. Look at that. What are we gonna do? We just we keep cranking them out. So that's everything I have to say about this for now. Until the next time I, something comes up, I have to scream about it. If you're going to scream, scream with me. <laughs> Boo. Do you guys watch anything cool lately? Um, I want a recommendation, because I have uh, a couple for you. Yeah, recommendations of the day. Well, those asked if we watched anything cool, and you and I have been watching Haunting of Hill House, so I'm going to say so no. no. <laughs> but before that, we were watching Creeped Out, oh, which is Creeped really out. cool. It's like 90s Are You Afraid of the Dark meets Goosebumps meets oh. kind of Trick or Treat. I'm in. Um, I haven't seen Trick or Treat, but I'm in already. It's originally a British slash Canadian series, which means obviously it's a Netflix Quality. original. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> As is all Netflix originals. They aren't originally from Netflix. They are originally from somewhere else and then Netflix buys them. But yeah, it's really interesting. It's like... It's one of those things where it just, like, teaches you morals, but, like, in a really creepy, like, jacked-up way. No happy endings. And it's got, like, the cutest Sam-like... Cryptid. Yeah. He's just, like, adorable. I'm excited. So, definitely recommend that. Um, Film-wise, we always trip onto movies that aren't good. Yeah. That's the nature of the... It's very rare that we look at a synopsis of a film and go, oh yeah, we're going to watch that, and it ends up being good. It's not new, but it is on Netflix right now. Hopefully it is by the time that this airs. And I just had Anna sit down and watch it, and I know I've recommended it to you, Doze, but The Boys in the Trees is instantly one of my Halloween classics. This time of year, it embodies everything. The Halloween tree, Lost Boys... Trick or treat, treat, and just like all these like instant Halloween classics are. It's sad. It's very sad. Oh, yeah, that's that's the twist. It's It's really sad. It's creepy. It's Halloweeny, but at the end, it's sad. Yeah, it was so good though. It's it's beautiful. I'm gonna put both of these on my uh, my list. I'm excited now. 
What about you, Dose? What are your recommendations? Nothing. All <laughs> movies are bad now. I watched the the Wildling. The Wildling came out this year, and it is everything I wanted Raw to be. Raw, I thought was excellent. I love Raw. And it's a it's about a a feral girl who is rescued and then slowly integrated into human society, and some paranormal shit starts to happen. It's it's got a similar vibe to Mama. Mama, I love because it was a short film and they made it to a feature. I didn't mind the feature at all. But yeah, check out Wildling if you liked, I don't know, any movie. <laughs> any movie in the uh, world. We'll definitely check that it's, out. It's super underrated. Nobody's talking about it, and I don't know why. Um, I heard about it when it was coming out, but I haven't heard anything since it's come out from people. Which is so. amazing to me, because I, I, I loved it. And I, I will also watch any movie that comes across my plate. I'll watch any movie. So I watched uh, Gonjang Haunted Asylum. It's a Korean horror movie, and it's kind of like grave encounters style where it's found footage uh style which i i know a lot of people hear that and then they kind of back away i mean i i love found footage it's fun it's a fun way to approach this and this does it well we're going to talk about found footage i got some thoughts oh yeah oh absolutely i i don't i don't blame you but like this is a good found footage film reminiscent of of grave encounters but i think this does it better so that's gonjam Spell for us. G-O-N-J-I-A-M. Haunted Asylum. So those are my big two lately. On the note of foreign films, I watched Pizza on Netflix. Uh, As a big advocate for pizza, I will partake in anything pizza related. Pizza is an Indian-made horror comedy. And I went into it pretty skeptical, but I had a good time. Anna went in skeptical, but you had a good time? No, I went in skeptical. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) I watched this alone. (laughs) With a pizza, so I guess I wasn't alone alone. (laughs) But uh, yeah, pizza. It's still on Netflix. It's kind of fun. It's the horrifying adventures of a pizza delivery boy and his scheme to get him and his wife out of a bad situation. So you guys want my fear of the day? Yeah, Yeah. let's let's get it. Ligerophobia. Ligerophobia. He's using a sentence. (laughs) No. (laughs) I have ligerophobia? I don't know. That's a sentence. It is a sentence. I don't know if I have ligerophobia because I don't know what it is yet. Oh. Um, We've got got a guess. I'm going to go with fear of... I'll go because I know it. It's the fear of being eaten alive by wolves. No. Nailed it. (laughs) No. Were you thinking of lycanthrope? Hey, man. It's, it's a good it's a good assumption to come to. Um, I'm gonna go with fear of chemicals. No. Are you making these Damn up? It. No. You promise? Promise. Fine. What is it? Ligerophobia is the fear of loud noises, specifically noises that come from speech or the fear of one's own voice. So I thought in the vein of Scream Queens fear of screams when are you looking this up (laughs) whoa that would have been a good fear to have when uh to bring up when we're talking about pontypool which i intend on going to a big tangent about i still haven't seen it it's good you need to see it it's so good there's a common thread among our podcast in that two-thirds of us have probably seen something and want to force it onto the other that's why we needed a third person and that's why i joined I don't know if that's, that's how that worked. But <laughs> that's why I joined. I thought that's why I joined. <laughs> that's love. 
And this has been the Hauntsville Cryptcast. Join us next time for some spooky shit. Happy hauntings. See you in hell. <laughs> <laughs>